Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, I'm Zivi Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. This 30-minute podcast features a new author interviewed by me every single day, 365 days a year for about 30 minutes. I am also the publisher for Zibby Books, which publishes 12 books a year in fiction and memoir. Our books are already out now. You can check it out on zibbybooks.com. And we have a magazine called Zibby Mag, where we have lots of wonderful essays and lifestyle features. That's at zibbymag.com. We have classes at zibbyclasses.com. And I recently opened a bookstore in LA called Zibby's Bookshop at 1113 Montana Avenue at 11th Street in Santa Monica. I hope that you are able to enjoy some of our other offerings. But this here podcast is the basis of all of it and started in 2018. And no matter what I do, this is basically my favorite thing. Enjoy. My episode with Lou Diamond Phillips is being re-released today because, you know, La Bamba and I loved talking to him. Actually, Chris Bajelian, the author, introduced us, and it was such a thrill to learn all about his life and his background and all these things I didn't know. So I really hope you enjoy it. The second episode in my weekly children's book blast is with the actor, director, author, Lou Diamond Phillips, who 
I knew from La Bamba, but of course has been in a zillion other things. I interviewed both Lou and his wife, Yvonne. I didn't know she was coming on, but it was a pleasure to have her. And the two of them are close collaborators, so it was fitting that she joined him. Here's a little more about Lou Diamond Phillips, and we're going to be discussing his new novel called The Tinderbox. Lou Diamond Phillips is currently starring in the Fox series Prodigal Son, having recently starred in the acclaimed Netflix series Longmire, based on the Walt Longmire mystery novels by Craig Johnson. Other recent credits include Amazon's Goliath, Sci-Fi's Stargate Universe, CBS's Blue Bloods, and recurring roles on Fox's Brooklyn Nine-Nine and Netflix's The Ranch. He received an Emmy nomination for Outstanding Actor in a Short-Form Drama or Comedy for his roles in both Amazon's Conversations in L.A. and History Channel's Crossroads of History. Recent film credits include Warner Brothers' The 33, Created Equal, directed by Bill Duke, and Sundance Festival favorite Philly Brown, for which he was named Best Actor at the Imagine Awards. As a director, he has recently helmed episodes of AMC's hit series Fear the Walking Dead, Longmire, and ABC's Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. As a writer, Phillips has co-written the screenplays for Trespasses and HBO's Dangerous Touch. He wrote the Miramax feature Ambition. He recently produced his play Burning Desire, a romantic comedy in two acts, which received its world premiere at the Seven Angels Theater in Waterbury, Connecticut. Phillips, I'm still going here. Phillips was also asked by his good friend, novelist Craig Johnson, to write the foreword to his collection of short stories called Wait for Science. Originally born in the Philippines, Phillips was raised in Texas and is a graduate of University of Texas at Arlington with a BFA in drama. Drawing from a lifetime of work in the film industry, Lou used his screenwriting experience in order to write an original science fiction novel called The Tinderbox, Soldier of Indira. It is his first novel, inspired by a reading of the famed fable of the same title by Hans Christian Andersen. And now we will hear all about it. Well, welcome to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. I'm delighted to have you here. Thanks for coming. Yay, thrilled to be here. Thank you. So your latest book is called The Tinderbox, Soldier of Indira. Indira, correct? Indira. Yes. Indira. Like Gandhi, actually, like Indira Gandhi. Yes. Okay, perfect. That I know. So can you please tell listeners what this book is about and the amazing story of how the whole thing transpired, which you wrote in the author's note. Okay. Well, the original inspiration, my inspiration, so I'm going to start there and we'll, we'll back start up there. Yes. to hers. Okay. My, my original inspiration were her drawings. When Yvonne and I first started dating and getting to know each other, you know, you know how it goes. She started reading a lot of my work and she started showing me, sharing with me a lot of her art, which is amazing. And in that batch of original art was uh, a series of drawings in manga style that was inspired by Hans Christian Andersen's The Tinderbox. So, you know, looking at the drawings, I go back, I read The Tinderbox, which is like a three-page, five-page, you know, fable, fairy tale. Yeah, it's very short. Not one of his more famous ones. And and it just it just sparked, you know, this this whole idea in my head. And her drawings to me were, were very evocative of kind of a post-apocalyptic, you know, Mad Max kind of wasteland, you know, feeling. And it went from there. And I told her it was, you know, a great idea for a movie. And she said, run with it. And I did, you know, I basically ambushed, you know, and hijacked her idea. Perfect. Uh, yeah. And, and uh, you know, kept going back to the source material because as I've said in, in other interviews, I mean, uh, it's, I've always been a fan of of art that begets art. West Side Story from Romeo and Juliet, a book called Grendel by John Gardner that was, you know, the bad guy's point of view of Beowulf, which is really hard to understand. I understood Beowulf a lot more after I read Grendel, you know, (laughs) and just, you know, thought, let's let's create this fantasy, you know, sci-fi world. And it it didn't, it's not that sci-fi jumped out at me. 
it's that originally we thought it would be a good movie. And Game of Thrones hadn't happened yet, you know, when we first started this process. And so it's like, well, if we're going to make a movie, you know, and, and we're going to set it, you know, in this sort of otherworldly fantasy, you know, thing. Let's kind of take a nod from Star Wars and, and you know, do it in a galaxy. Yeah, time. exactly. In a galaxy far, far away that, you know, where we could create our own rules and, and uh, you know, have kings and queens and princesses and soldiers and whatnot. So that was where it all started. And, and the story is very simple. It's a soldier on a foreign planet who falls in love with the princess. It's very Romeo and Juliet in that respect. Amazing. And how did you, Yvonne, how did you feel about what happened to the drawings after the beginning? Well, my, my original concept was not sci-fi or whatever <laughs> the world this is. I basically started drawing it back in, in, in the 90s because I was really into the manga comic book style. And this is before the internet was available. So you couldn't Google images or just go to the store. It wasn't it wasn't readily available. Like it I remember that time of life. I understand. <laughs> yeah, so there. So, you know, you'd go to the comics shop and you'd order something from a catalog and wait six to eight weeks for them to order it. And so I decided I was going to create my own content. And, and I'm not a writer and I'm very familiar with fairy tales. I'm, I'm from Germany. I grew up there and a lot of Grimm's and Hans Christian Andersen and all those stories that I grew up with that I took one of the lesser knowns because, you know, we know the Little Mermaid and we know all the, so I went, okay, I'm going to go a little bit lesser known. And I started animating a story that was already out there and in the manga style. And, and, and he says it's kind of post-apocalyptic and, and, and it was, but it was definitely not outer space. <laughs> it was it was earthbound it was you know still witches and princesses and you know maybe more game of thrones fantasy earthbound not outer space i'm sensing a little discord yeah. here you know. <laughs> <laughs> so when he took the idea and said oh i'm going to write a screenplay i basically washed my hands of it i'm not going to animate or draw or illustrating a screenplay and that was pretty much do whatever you want with it take the story it's kind of a, it's a cool story expand on it do what you got to do I thought I was finished with it and now here we yeah. are <laughs> yeah I mean that's well that's just it I mean it took on a life of its own I mean it really evolved it, it you know it, it, it kind of took over now and I think people have to understand that this has been a 10-year process mm-hmm. You know, the father of the hero is King Raza the 47th. And, and the reason he's King Raza the 47th is because I was 47 when I wrote the screenplay, <laughs> you know. And so we write the screenplay and it's fantastic. And I'm, I'm very happy with it. She's very happy with it. Yeah. And then we realized this is going to be really, really expensive. And nobody is going to let, you know, me direct it and us produce it. And, you know, we probably, you know, make a little money, you know, by selling it. But it's like that's that wasn't really what we wanted to do. I mean, it started out as a, as a project for the two of us. And there, there was always the thought, you know, to novelize it, you know, just as part of the whole world, if you will. And then Game of Thrones happens. And, and you know, my manager, J.B. Roberts, says, well, you know write the novel. I mean, at the very least, you've got that. And then, you know, if you sell the rights or whatever, you've created the world. And so now, and, and you know, I kept bouncing ideas off of, you know, Yvonne and, and checking in with her on, on you know, plot and, and, and just an overall feel for it. And, you know, went about the, the process of, of actually writing the novel and, and creating the world in more detail so that even if it gets bought out from under us, you know, this is what it looks like. You know, we've established that. I love how your manager is just like, yeah, just go ahead and write the novel as if that's like not a big deal. 
Like that's what everybody, that's, there are like thousands and millions of people just, that's all they want to do in their whole lives. It's like the one, sell the one novel. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's interesting because it is, it's easier said than done. And well, it took me 10 years because the day job kept working out, you know, <laughs> I kept acting and, and, you know, getting a job, you know, eventually got to the point where I could, you know, do a film or a TV show and write at the same time. But, but it wasn't as if I could devote eight hours a day to writing like, you know, uh, novelists who do this for a living are. And I think the reason that, you know, JB recommended that is because I, I've written a bunch of screenplays. I've written screenplays that haven't been produced. I've written screenplays that have been produced. But whenever I've decided to write something, it gets done eventually. <laughs> so he knew that, you know, I, I, I would do it, that it wasn't a frivolous suggestion. It just took a while. And I, I think uh, what's interesting is that, is that speaking of the, the collaboration, I really painted her into a corner. (laughs) I mean, I stole the idea. She'd wash her hands of it. And then I wrote a novel and it's like, okay, illustrate this. And there's all this stuff in there that wasn't her idea. You know, wasn't, wasn't what she imagined she would be doing. This is like how we learn the meaning of compromise in a marriage, right? And communication. And communication. I think it turned out that we did compromise because I ended up going back to really old school vintage sci-fi, more, you know, Flash Gordon, Barbarella, mm-hmm. as opposed to the high-tech sci-fi that we see in Blade Runner yeah. and, and that of today. So I still took my fantasy world and kind of did a big mishmash of everything else that, and, and tried a few new things that I wasn't as comfortable with and, you know, pushed the boundaries here and there up for myself. And I, I think we got a good mix. So it's not necessarily sci-fi what is expected, but it's not exactly earthbound like it is today either. Well, I mean, that, and that's, you know, that's something that I, I don't know, people always tell you after the fact, right? I didn't set out to write a sci-fi novel. Really. Yeah. I didn't set out to, to, to write in any category whatsoever. I wrote the story as it came to us. You know, and and now people go, well, it's sci-fi, you know, and it's well, it's YA. it's YA. Oh, is it really? Okay, great, <laughs> wonderful. You know, my uh, uh, heroes, you know, are are teenagers. You know, they're nineteen and seventeen, I think, or nineteen and eighteen. And so, yeah, I guess that makes it YA because it is very much a, a Romeo and Juliet story. But that wasn't the point. You know, I didn't set out to to fit into any particular genre. And I think ultimately, what happened with Yvonne's artwork is also a hybrid, which I think is wonderful because it it certainly has that that feel you know like the original Hans Christian Andersen drawings but also you know a, a bit of Charles Vess and a, and a bit of uh, the Tennille drawings from Lewis Carroll and you know and Alice in Wonderland yeah, yeah. but but there are the, those touches of not only that that really cool retro steampunky kind of sci-fi but a graphic novel sensibility as well so I, I think people will really and, and she had to draw creatures that I made up you know she yeah, goes, I don't draw creatures. I don't draw spaceships <laughs> I, it's, I'm reading the original Lewis Carroll, Alice in Wonderland to my daughter, who's seven. And I was reading it and I was like, I don't know if this came across my desk, if I would even cover this. Like, it's weird. Do you know what I mean? It's a funny story. Like, who thinks of these things? And it, like, there's less rhyme or reason in that book than probably any other book in all the different ways that it goes off. And yet it's a classic and it's amazing. And there's like, I don't know, there's just no science to writing and things just take off and then they become successful. And there's like no formula. 
really. I mean, no, well, exactly. And, and well, the truth of the matter is, that's like you know uh, one of the biggest criticisms. It's too formulaic, you know. Well, right. Yes. Exactly. So, well, yeah, if you're going to be original and you're going to do something, then you know you kind of have to follow your heart. And and obviously there are you know certain ground rules and and some fundamentals you know when it comes to writing and you know you you apply those, but you you just can't compare you know writers. I mean, I mean, Franzen is very different than like my friend Craig Johnson, you know, or my friend Chris Bojelian. Both of those guys are different from one another. You know, their styles are different. I mean, Chris Bojelian, I mean, his, his, his style will change depending on his subject matter, you know, which I think yeah. is just amazing. I mean, his depth and breadth of research and, and you know, the worlds that he creates is, is wonderful. And by the way, both of those guys were instrumental in, in us getting to the finish line, you know, with this book. I mean, I was doing the series Longmire when I really started writing it in, in earnest as a novel. And showed Craig and his wife, Judy, the first couple of chapters. And, you know, I see, you know, I'm wasting my time. Is this, you know, really something that, you know, not, this is not for you, you know, <laughs> but they really liked it and, and encouraged me. And then Rogelian and the three of us were working on a, on a project together. And, right now, uh, yeah. yeah, and he took a look at, at the completed novel and literally pointed us toward an agent and, you know, gave us some advice and has been, a steadfast mentor in this whole process as well. So, you know, it's 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 been it's been a lovely journey and yeah. we and we've acquired some some great friends along the way. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. That's amazing. I love Chris. And it was so nice of him to put us in touch. He's like, and I was like, how did you, how did the two of you meet? And he's like, oh, we met through Twitter, like everyone these days. And I was like, What? Well, I thought he was going to say we go back decades or something yeah. like that. No, no, it's one of those, you know, you know, that makes no sense. If right. you wrote it in a book, they go, no, 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 no. But it's funny. I was reading Flight Attendant, yes. I think it was, and we both do a lot of reading. We're big readers. And she'll read something and then recommend it to me. And then so it goes on to my pile. And yeah. Oh, that's great. And so when he started reading it, he's like, is this guy on Twitter? I should see if this guy's on Twitter. Well, because once again, I'm reading the flight attendant goes, this would make a great movie. Uh -huh. You know, yeah, a little late to the party. You know, yeah. I mean, it's it's already a miniseries now. But I thought, you know, because I'm I'm always looking for something, you know, to 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 do or to direct a writer, you know, just just and and so yeah, sure enough, looked him up on Twitter. There he was. 
not only was he a fan, but he's a friend of John Fusco, who wrote both Young Guns films. And John and I have stayed in touch over the years. And, and so it was one of those two degrees of separation. And we just happened to be going to New York within a couple of weeks right. of contacting him. Yeah, he was here. And, and so we, we had lunch. Yeah. And one thing led to another. And, you know, that's how we're working on a project. And we're actually, we're actually in the process of adapting one of his novels, once again, for a miniseries. And he wanted to take a look at some of my writing because it was like, you know, here, can we do this together? That's so um, great. Wonderful. Having a mentor is so important. And it's so funny because you wouldn't think, I mean, look how like accomplished you are in your professional life. And yet you need like a person or two just to be like, yeah, you're doing okay. You know, it's so fun. Like, <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's, it's when you're trying something new. Yeah, you know, no, it's true. It's, it's 100% true. I, I don't think you can assume to be, you know, a champion at everything you try. But I mean, my, my whole career has, has been defined by, you know, jack of all trades kind of thing. You know, I write, I direct, I do theater, film, TV. And so I've said it many times, it's, it's all different branches of the artistic, same artistic tree. You know, I'm a storyteller and I'm a communicator and whatever platform or format that takes, it's, it's just getting down the, the technicalities of it. Well, yeah, which medium to choose? It's like yeah. you have all these cards in your pocket. You can just deal them out <laughs> wherever you want well, to spread well, your we'll, we'll see. We'll see how successful yeah. this is. But I mean, yeah. the, uh, the reception has been has been incredible so far. Just not only the, the, the some of the early reviews, yeah. which, which have been lovely. No, but, you're a beautiful but, writer. You're really good. I mean, you really okay. are. And you never know when you open a book what you're going to get. And you're a good writer. So that's great. <laughs> As you well know, you know, <laughs> I'm not. Yeah. The, I mean, a lot of people automatically saw that. First of all, they thought it was a memoir, which ain't going to happen until I'm 90. I promise you that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I, it's unexpected. I don't think people thought that, you know, I was going to write you know, something not only fictional, but that was in this world. And I always liken it to when I, I did The King and I on Broadway. So many people thought, oh, the La Bamba guy is going to, you know, thinks he can be on Broadway. Well, you know, I mean, I have a degree in theater. It's, it's, it's my background, you know. And, and even though I'm not known as a writer, I've always written. I mean, I, 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 I actually set out to be a narrative writer, a prose writer in high school. And then, you know, the acting book bit. This whole acting career has really just derailed what your main goals are. Can't believe how much it's gotten in the way. <laughs> well, but, you know, what's interesting is that Yvonne has done so many things in her life. We met when she was a, a makeup, makeup artist. artist. Yeah, yeah. I, I obviously didn't become a graphic artist or an illustrator. I went into hair and makeup and, and special effects, makeup, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Again, very artistic. Did you meet on a set or yeah. how did you meet? Yeah. You know, she gave me a haircut, got all up in my grill. That's, no. <laughs> How's it? Yeah. But her art, I mean, it's, it's just, it's a gift. I mean, it's, it's a gift. She blows my mind to this day. And I've, I've always yeah. thought you should be doing this. And I've also said, you know, so many ideas. I've stolen so many of her ideas. And believe me, <laughs> our, our production company, which is Fragious Day, you know, from the Jabberwocky poem, so many of the projects that we have in various stages of development are her idea. So there you you know, go. I'm, Look at that. I'm riding her coattails. And, and I think at this point in life, she's, you know, I'm not having an opportunity to embrace some of the things that I think she is intending, you know, intended to do. I mean, she's just so gifted and so smart. Well, how amazing to have a partnership where both of you can reach your full sort of creative potential. You know, it's amazing. A lot um, of support. A I lot feel like this never happens the first time. I'm on my second marriage. And like, I feel like my husband, Kyle, and I have the same sort of like synergy where like the more we talk, like the more ideas go flying out in different forms. And I feel like 
I never hear that about people with their first marriages. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, like there's too, maybe there's just too much. It's, it's, my, it's, my it's your first. Okay. So sorry. So then I'm wrong that I blown out of the water. There you okay. Go. Well, you you uh, you changed the trend for me. Then that's amazing. <laughs> In the book, the character obviously is a soldier. Does the mil- I know you have a military background. In your family, did that play in to the creation of this character at all? Uh, both of us, you know, have both of you do. Uh, yeah, a military background. It's interesting. A couple of things come to mind. I mean, first of all. Hans Christian Andersen's you know, short story starts with a soldier coming back from an unnamed war, clip, clop, clip, clop. And, and that is the imagery of the book, the first image. And the fact that it's an unnamed war and the fact that he's a soldier automatically, you know, in my mind, put him in a certain age range, you know, because I think, you know, a lot, a lot of great war stories, you know, are, are from people who have just experienced this you know, are, are still in the process of, of defining their own manhood, if you will. And I did a movie called Courage Under Fire with Denzel Washington and Meg Ryan, directed by the amazing Ed Zwick. And this was after he had done Glory. And I, and I asked him one day, I said, why do you keep doing, you know, war stories? You know, and he goes, well, first of all, the bang bang's exciting. You know, there's, you know, the, the big explosion, the, the effects and the hardware and whatever else. But he's a very well-read man, a very smart man. And, and, and when you think about it, you go back to even Aristotle, who set a lot of things against war. Shakespeare set a lot of things against war. Conflict. Exactly. Because you have this conflict, but you also have a, a setting in which you can discuss the more, I don't know, grand aspects of, of human character, of courage, of nobility, of integrity, of bravery, of all of these things in, in what is truly a life and death scenario. And, you know, the, Hans's story is, is a fairy tale and it weaves, you know, a certain tale and there's some magic involved and, and, you know, some, some just outlandish, fantastical, you know, adventures. But as a novel to me, or even as the film, I mean, it had to be grounded, you know, in a, in a real sense of, of humanity. And, and it's like, why are we doing this? What are we talking about? You know, and from all of that came the idea of creating this planet that's split into we have two different races of people who are fighting one another. It's it's sweet because Craig Johnson said, you know, it was rather prescient, which I didn't think at the time. But, you know, it's here we are still again, you know, discussing race, discussing, you know, peace, discussing, you know, where we're at in this in this incredibly unsettled world. And and though it's not meant to be a message piece, you know, there there is still very much, I, I think, a morality tale at its spine. You know, the once and future king, the King Arthur, is really an anti-war, you know, statement. So, so you know, having read, you know, my entire life, I thought, you know, I, I can't, I can't set off on this journey and just do a frivolous story. There's got to be something a little bit more to it. So, is it going to be a movie after all that? Now that you've backed into it, do you have any idea? Oh, yeah. Don't we don't know yet. I mean, you know, it's for sale if anybody's got, you know, $100 million <laughs> laying around. <laughs> but, I mean, and what's interesting is that, is that in the time it's taken to write the novel, that that world has changed. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what used to be a one-off, you know, now could easily be a miniseries. You know, a limited series of sorts. I mean, you know, I don't know how many books Game of Thrones totally was based upon, but you know, there is. It, it has created a world, and interestingly enough, I mean, a lot of the people who have reviewed it early on said that they so love this world that they would revisit it. She came up with the idea for the sequel, so I'm working on nice. that. Nice. Oh, are you writing a sequel? Oh yeah, yeah, already working on it, and and literally bouncing it off of her daily. So you know, on, you're the mastermind of the whole. She thing. is the mastermind. We had a certain idea. And was toying around with that for like almost a year. And then one day she came up with a different idea that was out of left field. 
And I literally went, well, that's it. That's it because it's unexpected. And once again, it's about something and it's about something that's relevant. So, you know, working on that now and, and, and just very, very excited at <laughs> this time, not trying not to go back into a corner with the drawings it's, as much. But it's all right. We're already there. Yeah. We're, we're there. Uh, I would recommend approaching this a little differently, perhaps. <laughs> Butting heads a couple of times. <laughs> Last question. Do you have any advice? I was going to say to aspiring authors, but really anyone trying to achieve things in this creative way and to be storytellers. For me, it starts with creating your own content. You, you want to do something, do it. Whether it's for, you know, whether you're trying to sell it, well, just do it for yourself first. And somehow put it out there in the universe and something will happen, even if it's many, many, many years later. Well, I mean, but that's, that's the point. That, that, would, that would go toward what I have to say. And I've said this to, to you know, young actors. And that, that's never quit. You know, you, you will never get an opportunity if you quit. Keep doing it. Yeah. You never know what, what heights you're going to rise to. I mean, when I set out, I just wanted to be a working actor. You know, I was actually a very good uh, student in high school and, and whatnot. And when I decided to make, major in theater, you know, a lot of my teachers, my counselors, said, oh, no, oh, oh, yeah, well, what are you going to fall back on? And my standard answer was my ass, <laughs> you know. And, and so it, it's first of all, you have to love it. You have to have a dream. But then the thing that, that, you know, so many people, and I, and I hate to say it, so many people who have this sort of overnight success, American Idol mentality, it takes work, you know, writing, especially, I mean, you got to do it. You, 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 you cannot say, well, I want to be an, I mean, our, our 12 year old right now wants to be an author and, and we love that. It's like, well, are you writing? Are you, you know, are you doing it? You know? And, and so some of it is just brass tacks. I mean, it literally is, you know, elbow grease. And, and uh, you have to put in the work. And even if you have a dream as, as, as an actor or an artist, I mean, or a dancer, or you have to put in the work. It's a craft. It's an art. It does, it, you know, you may be talented. God bless you if you are, you know. But if, if, if you don't have discipline and you don't have commitment, then nothing's ever going to come from it. You know, there are certain people who get a break because they are talented or they're beautiful or whatever. But if they have no staying power, if they have no commitment to to the art, they tend to go away because, you know, I mean, especially in today's world, the, the cycle is so fast that you're only flavor of the month for a month. You know, that's how it works. <laughs> a month uh, is a long time these days. No, a month is a long time these days in a 24 hour news cycle. Just yeah. Like this last week. But but yeah. the thing about it is 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 that I've I've done this for so long as as an actor and I've never given up the writing. It's because I love them both, and and so it it, it literally is. It literally is just physically, actively going after your dream. I love it. Well, thank you both for coming on. Moms don't have time to read books and chatting. And tell me again if you want me to FedEx it, I'll run down to the store. <laughs> no, you you read it. You hold on to it, and when we get to meet in person, okay. All right, few. Okay, good. All right. Have a great day. You too. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. 
add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.